Biggie. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Biggie. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. And a high fly ball to deep right field. Did he do it? Did he do it? He did it! It's a three-run walk-off home run for Garrett Stubbs! What an amazing time to launch his first walk-off home run. The Phillies win it here in the bottom of the ninth inning, three to one. He was down to his final strike. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is, of course, Matt McSweeney, as always, here to join you on this glorious and beautiful Tuesday, June 21st. Our Philadelphia Phillies are now four games above 500. They are alive and well. The streak has continued the honeymoon phase of the Rob Thompson era has pretty much come and gone and the streak has continued to ride on. The results continue to go our way and the, the Phillies continue to win games that they are they should and suppo- are supposed to win. They, they aren't exactly playing the greatest teams in the major leagues right now. Teams like the Nats, teams like the Marlins, you know, but these are teams... We have lost to in the past teams that have knocked us out of the race in September and August when we have gotten swept by them or the Marlins have obviously had our number in the in years past. So I, I will take, you know, we are winning games. That, that's the most important thing. I, I do not care who we do it against or w- what the circumstances are. A win is a win at this point. And now the Phillies have crawled themselves out of the giant hole that they were that unfortunately had dug themselves in. They were seven, eight games under 500, and now they are four or five games above 500. That That is a huge win for, for our Phils, and, and that is something that we should be happy about. And what do we talk about on here? The day they fired Girardi, the week they fired Girardi, we were just, I, I, all I asked for was baseball to mean something deep into the summer. For our, our hopes and dreams to not be shattered, that early on in June and July, and we are watching a, a miserable baseball team, the likes of organizations like the Pittsburgh Pirates and things like that, where they are just kind of counting down the days till the end of the season because they obviously have no chance of making any sort of playoff appearance or playoff push or a, a, anything along those lines. And it's even much sadder for us due to the fact that we've paid $230 million for our payroll, and we've gotten essentially nothing in return if that if the results were going to go the way that, unfortunately, they looked like for a while. This team was dead in the water. It was miserable to watch them on a night-in and night-out basis, and now they have life. I, am, I myself am motivated every night to watch them. I have joy. I have intense uh, appreciation and joy for watching the, a, a Phillies team now that, it seems like it matters what the result is every night, and they don't think, oh, well, we'll be fine. Uh, everything is going to be okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get hot. It is what it is. We don't have that complacent mentality that we had under the Joe Girardi regime. This team is hungry on a night-in and night-out basis. When things don't go their way, they don't sulk. They don't. It's not. It's not. A, there's no quit in them now. 
They're not waiting to find a way to lose a game. They are always in a game. They are always hungry, and they are always just never say die and in a game until the very end. And that, that this past, even this past week, the week before, they've shown you that this team is here to stay, and they are not going anywhere. And they're gonna, you know, they're gonna force management to give them some even more help at, at the deadline. And they were probably gonna do that anyway, but now. Being above 500 and being in the wild card hunt and kind of stalking the Mets a little bit, we'll see what kind of move gets made or what moves the front office wants to make. Whether that be for a starting pitcher, whether that be for a reliever, uh, a, a reliever or a reliever. I think I think I'll go with reliever. Maybe we could get a reliever. I, I don't know if that they they provide a different service, but it would all to come down to as well who who are they going to trade you know uh will would they move a Reese Hoskins who's going to be eligible for a contract not after this season but next year would they move an Alec Bohm who is kind of stuck at third base not exactly a great fielder as we've all talked about at length here but i don't know it is he would obviously probably be more appealing in, in a trade so that those are all things you would have to consider when looking elsewhere to make a deal let's get into some of the games from the past week Phillies walk off twice against Miami at home they bounce back from that Diamondback series where they they were on they were on the heater they had won nine in a row and then they showed up on that Sunday and laid an absolute egg against the Diamondbacks 13 to one that, that that was an ugly game Big thing was though the next night they bounce back, win the game three to two. You get a, a good a good start from Aaron Nola, who might I say has been pretty remarkable this season and pretty consistent for the most part, especially during this stretch run of uh, of our hot hot streaky baseball. Phillies come down to the very end and Reese Hoskins doubles into center field, scoring Matt Veerling on a walk off. Didi ties the game in the eighth inning after they they Alcantara is taken out of the game. Alcantara pitched a great game that night. They win that game, big win. Phils lose a game they should not have lost the next night, eleven to nine against the Marlins. Reese Hoskins had a crazy amount of hits and RBIs. I mean, you look at his stats. He, he had six RBIs, four for five. I mean, he had two homers. He was on fi- absolutely on fire that night. Uh, just so many people to blame. Um, you know, Canable and the bullpen let them down. JT drops that fly ball. Alec Bohm throws that ball into the dirt to Reese Hot. Like there were so many things that happened that night where you kind of just they def. That's one where you look back. You're like, damn, they really let that one slip away. But the next day, they come back. It's an ugly game. It's a very boring game. The Phillies can't get anything going all night long. Gibson pitches a great game for the most part. I mean, he throws eight innings, only gives up one run. You know, you know, and he pitched into the ninth. He gave up a hit in the ninth. They took him out. The only homer was, or the only run was a homer, and that was Miguel Rojas, who apparently owns the Phillies, hit one down the line off the foul pole. So it was like, you know, kind of. I mean, he pitched incredible. That, that's basically where I'm going with this. I, you couldn't have asked for more from Gibson. And I'll get into my more overarching themes and points. But uh, quickly, though, the, the pitching. if you, You've gotten good pitching from Nola. You've gotten great pitching from Zach Wheeler. If you can get quality pitching from either Gibson. I mean, and if you can get, get it from – you get nights like this from Gibson, you, you have no complaints. You're not getting it from Eflin. 
who is back and forth with a knee injury, and he's just getting he's getting ripped apart right now every time you send him out there. So I don't know if he needs to go back to the IL or what the Phillies need to do to rectify that situation, but Eflin is not it right now. And Ranger Suarez, who's probably been the biggest disappointment of the season due to the, due to the hype that was built behind him and, and how great he finished last year. And, uh, you, I mean, I guess now you think about it, of course he was due to kind of uh, downturn or kind of come back to the center or, you know, kind of come back to reality a little bit. But I we didn't obviously think it was going to be this bad. And it has been, unfortunately. And not that it's been horrendous or, or or whatnot but it's just it's you needed more from ranger suarez we were counting on more from ranger suarez and this team would be a, a, this team will be a problem if they can get three or three or four of these starters to pitch on a more consistent basis especially all you're going to need is one or two of those other three names that i that i just talked about gibson uh, suarez and eflin and that maybe that's why the Phillies eventually will have to make a move and go out and get a starter. Uh, I would love Montas from uh, uh, from Oakland, obviously. Frankie Montas, that is 3.53 ERA, three and seven record. But the Oakland Athletics are horrendous this season, so I do not hold that against him. But let's get back to what we were talking about. Comes down to the very end. If you watch that whole game, you were pretty much miserable at this point because you were thinking I can't believe this is going to happen they are going to lose this series to the Marlins a series that they should have won due to the fact that they should have won that game the night before it should not have come down to this you can't count on Knable in the ninth that's another thing that has become apparent as the season has gone on they refuse to throw Dominguez in high leverage situations which I don't understand they continue to go to Brad Hand which I also don't understand but those are another topic for another day. Alec Bohm singles the, you know, DD strikes out. Alec Bohm singles the right to center field, uh, I'm sorry, on a ball that basically just skips right in front of the, I mean, a little, a little bit more air on that ball, and that's out number two. And we're having a different conversation right now. Maybe, you know, maybe. Because I mean, the, the vibes change once he gets a, uh, on base. It's like, all right. Then you pinch hit JT for Oduble, JT walks. And so now you got first and second. Um, well, obviously that would be the game because then Munoz strikes out, and that's two outs. Uh, Bone would have been the third out. So Munoz was trying to hit a home run. I remember that. I was just like, come on, bro. You got, you got to put the ball in play. Just do, do your part right now. He was trying to win the game 100%. And then Garrett Stubbs steps up, and I played you in with that. Garrett Stubbs hits a bomb up into the sky. A most improbable home run that you could you could imagine. Uh, five foot ten Garrett Stubbs gets all of one a slider where he threw like six straight sliders to him. Absolutely crushes that baseball. Phillies win the game, and it was just that it just goes to show you this is what winning baseball looks like. This is what a winning baseball team does. It is not your top guys every night at night in and night out. It is not the Bryce Harpers and the Kyle Schwarbers and the Castellanos carrying you every single night. It is different guys who step up on a night in and night out basis and make the plays necessary. You know, like it's it is not it, you, you not three or four guys are gonna are gonna carry you to ninety wins. You need a whole twenty five man roster, twenty six man roster, whatever it is nowadays, to contribute on a night in and night out basis. And that, that's what the Phillies are getting. 
That that's what that's what a Garrett Stubbs does when you give your catcher JT a night off. He steps up and he hits a home run to win the game for you. You get a good start from Gibson. You know, like it's just all these different guys step up when when their name's called. Uh, you know, like Didi has done multiple times during this streak. It seems like he wins that Marlins or he helps tie that Marlins game. And a couple a couple weeks ago or a week ago, I believe during during the hot streak, he wins a game where they roll him out of bed and he you know for first appearance back back in a, back in a game, he, he he gets a single, ropes a single right up the middle, you know, like so. This played itself out even more during the uh, during the national series and in that national series they get four or five, which is a absolute win if you ask any before the series. You know, obviously, you'd like to have won all five games, but if you can win four out of five, that that's a that's a big time positive. Ten to one, five to three, eight to seven, two to one. You know, these are some close games in here, and games where they 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 you know, in some instances, almost blew. Wheeler gets gives you seven innings on Thursday night. They they hit Corbin around. I mean, it seems like Castellanos was kind of it's kind of breaking out of the slump a little bit. Schwarber hit two home runs in this game, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Uh, you know, Castellanos had a couple hits. Uh, Josh Bell had a crazy weekend this week. He was the only run for the team. But Friday was a doubleheader. First game, they won 5-3. Ranger Suarez pitched well. Castellanos, uh, I remember, led the game off with a with a two-run double. Not led the game off, but, you know, started the scoring off with a two-run double. Phil's kind of cruised out from there for the most part. But it got close towards the end. They had to bring in some of the relievers. Brad Hand got it done with the save. I don't really like them going to Brad Hand like I talked about already. But, you know, to each his own, it is what it is. The night game that night was a little hectic, per se. Uh, definitely some blown, just not even, just just mistakes left and right from everyone involved uh we get a lucky call on an obstruction call where the shortstop dives right into reese hoskins which uh, whether it's the right or wrong call i am not here to tell you or judge on that i will take it at face value thank you for the call and we we get an extra run on and, and off that and we win the game like that's that's some mistakes i mean they, they should have won the game in regulation uh, Didi should have made the play to first base, but he overthrows Reese Hoskins. We have to go to another, you know, another uh, extra. We have to go to extra innings that night. Uh, they tried to walk Bryce Harper, but they called a strike on a horrendous, horrendous call in the eighth inning. And then he said, "All right, fine, I'll go after him." And Bryce Harper, pinch hitting that night, was getting a scheduled night off. Ropes a double and into the gap, scores two. Phils tie the game. Veerling steps up in the ninth, hits a homer, and then obviously the DD error. And uh, JT comes up and gets us a hit and a big hit in the tenth inning to win the game. Like that's the like I told you, everyone is stepping up. Everyone is out there making plays. I mean, Veerling hits two home runs in this game. That's a that's a name I haven't talked about yet. You know, so and in the in the sun in the Saturday game, Munoz, huge huge home run to you know give the give the Phils a lead. They obviously give give that run up in the ninth, and then they go to extras again in the tenth. Reese Hoskins hits Matt Veerling home, and the bullpen shuts it down. You know, you bring Dominguez in, and he shuts the door. That's what it's all about, man. Win games at all costs. No matter what you have to do, everyone steps up. Everyone does their part. Everyone 
plays a part in the win, and that that's that we will take that every day of the week. Phils lose the Sunday game, of course. Uh, Eflin was not much of a help at all, especially after all the pitching and all the stress that you had to put on your bullpen all, all weekend. He gets hit around. He only goes two innings, gives up four earned runs, but he wasn't alone. It seemed like everyone got hit around that night. Knable got hit around. Nick Nelson got hit around. Bellotti got hit around. So it is what it is. It was just not a good game for the Phils and kind of a we've had enough uh we're, we're ready to go on the road, a getaway day. We're ready to head out to Texas to play the Rangers. So we will have two against the Rangers. We will have four against the Padres. The Padres do not have Fernando Tatis Jr. And they do not have Manny Machado at the moment, who just rolled his ankle and had to be kind of helped off the field in a, in, in a game this weekend. So... I don't root for injury, but it could work out in our favor having to play a less than 100% San Diego Padres squad. But we cannot look forward because we have to deal with our Texas Rangers series first. Uh, first game of the series will be a Kyle Gibson versus Martin Perez, who Martin Perez has been pitching well this season, 4-2 and record, two ten ERA. That will not be an easy night out for our Phils. But, we, you know, we, we'll see. We didn't play well against the Rangers the last time. And then we got Zach Wheeler in the second game. So, against a John Gray, who's got a 4-2-7 ERA. So, maybe, you know, maybe we can sneak this game out tonight. Maybe we can get get to Perez pretty early. That That's what I'm rooting for. Tomorrow, uh, Wednesday's, Wednesday's game's a day game. So, that, that you know, it's only two games, though. So, it's kind of, I'll, I'll just rooting for a split. I would love to win both, obviously. But I'll take a split. Tonight's game is going to be tough. But I think Wednesday, you know, when you got Wheeler on the mound, you 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 got the momentum, you got you got the energy, you have the feeling. Oh yeah, we're gonna win this game, no doubt. And that, I mean, honestly, that's probably how the Rangers feel when they have Perez on the mound. He has been tough all year long. Has kind of come out of nowhere. So, but like, like I said, we will see. Hopefully, we can get Bryce back in the lineup. He has a blister on his hand that got infected, which is not a good situation. But we are obviously gonna need him if this is going to continue to roll on and if we are going to continue to keep this streak alive and keep the momentum uh turning he's got a 326 era slugging 622 which is a uh, you know crazy amount of points higher than pretty much every other regular player I'm trying to see what how many home runs i mean it's not right here oh here we go 15 homers he's got 20 doubles Got 48 RBIs. I mean, he uh, easily the best hitter on the team. Easily the best offensive player. Hasn't played the field since the beginning, very beginning of the season. And he's obviously still made his impact. And the defense has not uh, fell down the garbage disposal as much as we may have thought earlier in the year. You know, if you had told us uh, that at some point that Harper was going to be out and you were going to have to play Schwarber and Castellanos in the corners that you'd be like, oh my God, we we're, we're, we're screwed. You know, we're, we're donezo. This is, this is not a good situation. We are in deep, deep trouble. It's kind of not, uh, not, not hurt us as much as we may have thought. And that's mainly due to the fact that we're getting good pitching and that these dudes are hitting. You know, you got Schwarber's hitting eight. He's got 18 homers. He, he was tied for the NL lead this past weekend. So, quickly, I would like to go through some of these guys. Castellanos hit a little bit of a rough patch. But it looked like this past weekend he tried to crawl himself out of it a little bit. A couple of extra base hits. 
couple RBIs, you know, just a, it, it seemed like there was a lot of games where he was 0 for 4, 2Ks, like he was just kind of out of at-bats and not really, a, like, giving the team, giving him, not having any life in any of these situations. Hoskins is a guy who was down in the 220s to, you know, low 230s area, and he's up to 252 now, so... I mean, he's obviously take, taking a turn for the good, and we I'll take that, man. I mean, he, he's he been a big part of why this team has won games these last, this last week or so. Uh, Alec Bohm kind of uh, trending in the wrong direction. Schwarber's still at 213, but he's hitting all these homers, and when he does get a hit, it's an extra base hit, and he's, you know, he's, he's getting walked, so he, I don't have much complaint there. Going to need more from... Uh, JT though JT hitting 240 it looked like in this Washington series that a couple guys were able to get some hits that had not been uh, getting hits and they were able to crawl themselves out of a hole one of them not being Bryson Stott who's hitting 163 and it seems like hasn't gotten a hit since the uh, walk-off homer which I know is not true but that's just what it seems like I mean that guy that guy has been uh, pretty brutal in this in this stretch run uh, pretty, uh, pretty recently but hopefully they can get Camargo back uh, Didi's been playing well. Veerling's been playing well out in center, and uh, they, you know, maybe we'll get a Maton appearance or something like that in the near future because he's coming back from a shoulder injury. And uh, Mickey Moniak got sent down, so the the Mick experiment is uh, on hold again. The Mickey Moniak fan club will be put uh, in dormant mode for now. He he just has not been able to adjust. He strikes out way too much. He does not put the ball in play enough. Uh, he swing he swings at at pitches that are at, way out of the zone. He's not really competitive in a lot of those at bats. So I do not fault the team whatsoever for moving on and, and going with Veerling uh, in center, especially when there's a lefty. So I imagine we will see him tonight, and then playing Oduble when there are right-handers on the mound. So it, it, that's kind of what it is. It, it could have been Moniac playing in that Oduble slot, but he you know he has not. He hasn't shown enough. He has not given us enough to trust him to be that guy, to be the one that we want to play there. So it is what it is. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Mickey Moniak could be a trade piece of some sort. I don't know what value he holds or whatnot, but he still is a young player. He's not necessarily dead in the water, but it, it, right now it is not. he is not uh, helping this team win baseball games. So he will go down to the AAA club, and he will go do his thing. That is your Philadelphia Phillies right now, alive and well. Nothing but positive things to say. I'm I'm happy that I'm even able to sit here and talk about the Phillies with enthusiasm and at length for 25 minutes here, and not be putting them to bed or, or just hating on them for for uh, uh, constantly. And it just feels good. It feels good watching the Phillies. It feels good to be a Phillies fan right now. So let's keep it rolling tonight. Let's keep it rolling this week. Rangers, Padres. Uh, we'll have a brave series coming up in the next couple weeks, so it, it, it's it's looking good. We have the Cardinals a couple times, Nationals. We'll we'll have some good some good series coming up. But at at this point, look, we said there's a hundred or so, a little less than a hundred games left. It really doesn't matter who we play right now. It's more about just winning the games that are ahead of us. So we have the Rangers, the Padres, the Braves, the Cardinals, the Nationals, the Cardinals, the Blue Jays. Those are the next few series. Uh, in the up-and-coming week. So that is your baseball roundup for the Phillies. Let's keep it moving. The Warriors have won the title in six, like I predicted. Uh, you could have won some money if you would have gone fire, fired exact result. 
Uh, I told you that the Celtics were going to wear down and that they were going the Warriors were going to figure this out because the Celtics, although very talented, good and and deep, they're just not. You, it's very hard to play at the level of the Warriors and keep up with the firepower that they have on a night in and night out basis. Uh, you got to pray that Curry's missing shots, and if Curry's not making shots, then you know you got to pray that Clay Thompson's not making shots, and that guys like a guy like Wiggins isn't putting up a twenty-six point thirteen board performance. Like they just have a lot of weapons that that can do a lot of different things, and a lot of role players who step in and do their part. Guys like Jordan Poole coming off the bench, knocking down threes. Uh, you know, Draymond doing his thing, finally having a good game in Game 6. He really did not play well for the large portion of the NBA Finals. It's just, it's very hard to beat the Warriors when you can play it perfect for maybe 10 minutes of a quarter and they make up for whatever errors they made in those in those first 10 minutes in two minutes by making four or five threes in, in, in a stretch where they have three or four guys on the floor at a time who can bang a three. And it's, you know, Otto Porter. That's another guy I didn't even mention. Otto Porter is out there banging threes and playing lockdown defense. Gary Payton comes into the game and is just shutting down the uh, an opposing guard on, on the other team. It's it's very hard. Jason Tatum did not play well. He's also very young. And he's also, by far and away, the best player on their team, in my opinion. I mean, Jalen Brown's good, but uh, in, in my opinion, J- J- Jason Tatum's just much better. And it seemed like the offense had to run through him at in order for this team to be successful. And you're putting a lot of pressure on a young player to carry you to a championship against the Warriors, who are uh, the a modern-day dynasty and who have, like I just laid out, the they have the nuclear firepower that can just wipe you out of a game in, in the stretch of a two minutes or three minutes. It's just it's a tall task to ask anyone. I mean, you've seen the teams that they've beaten in the past. Some of the greatest teams you've ever. I mean, I mean the the Rockets, Harden on a who was on an absolute heater. You have LeBron James and his Cavaliers teams, where he LeBron's out there putting up fifty. I mean, this is when they had KD and everything. But you you get what I'm saying. They they have taken out far greater talent and players and teams than this year's Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum. So nothing nothing to be ashamed of if you're if you're the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum. They probably think that they need more weapons or that they they need to go add, add some players or whatnot. I mean they, they were close but you obviously something needs to change or you need to make some sort of adjustment in order to get over that hump. Because it looks like the Warriors are going to bring back the same squad next year. And I don't know how anyone truly is going to beat them. Uh, maybe a healthy Bucks team could give them more of a uh, of a problem. But I do think it's tough to beat the Warriors if you don't shoot threes or you shoot threes well. You know, you're obviously not going to shoot them as well as them. But it's hard to hang with them. Like I said, when they just go on go on a run like that, and you call timeout, and you were up by eight. And now all of a sudden, you're down by seven. And you're like, oh, oh my God, what happened? You know, like now, now we're fighting from behind. Now we're trying to jack threes up to try to get back in this game when they, they've already, you know, then now you're playing their game. Now you're playing this up and down game where they're just running that high pick and roll, and Steph's either deciding to jack up a forty footer or he's going to attack the bucket and make the right play or throw a floating layup. It's like they are a tough, tough team to beat. And what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do at the end of the day? There's not much you can do. So 
pray. Pray that they miss shots. Pray that your defense can can hold up for that extended period of time and pray that you can get Steph Curry off of this game. I mean, everyone said before the series, and there was a lot of talk about how they were going to, you know, Marcus Smart was going to be able to get him off of his game or get, get him get him in trouble and whatnot, but that didn't happen, you know? That, that did not... That did not hold up for a whole seven-game series, six-game series. Well, well, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. So it's very hard to do that against a player of the caliber and uh, stature of a Steph Curry who's now cemented himself as, at the very least, a top 15 player of all time, one of the best point guards of all time. And he's not even a true pure point guard in the sense where floor general is not exactly a name you attribute to him. It's not not a slight to him. It's not to say that he can't he he knows how to run an offense and he knows how to play point guard, but he no one's ever had the ability to snipe the way that Steph Curry does at, at the point guard position. He is not your average uh point guard. He is not your prototypical point guard. He is not the, of the Isaiah Thomas Magic Johnson uh cut out he he's just his own he is his truly his own unique type of player and it is it is a treat to watch him you know to get to watch him play the older I get the more I just kind of respect and and enjoy watching these players like that I never it's not like I didn't enjoy watching these players especially in their primes I mean think about the players we've gotten to see I'm I'm 27 now so I've gotten to see some of the greatest players to ever play this game and just to name a few, you get the Kobe, LeBron, Kevin Durant, you know, like it just some truly, truly t- Tim Duncan, uh, truly remarkable players, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, like I, the list can go on and on. I'm not going to sit here and name every player that we've seen in our, in, in our lifetimes, but Steph Curry's up there, you know, that, that that's my point. Steph Curry is one of those guys now. He is one of those players. He always has been. MVP, a Finals MVP, a multiple MVP. Congratulations to the Warriors. Congratulations to Steph Curry. Well deserved. And I don't know why Draymond continues to go and talk all the shit that he does, but that is what Draymond does. Running your mouth after that Finals, uh, the performance that you had, uh, uh, other than that Game Six where you finally hit some threes, he was kind of scared to shoot, looking like a Ben Simmons out there. That it's a little crazy to me, but you won the championship, so who am I to hate? I'm just a guy, you know. So, congratulations to the Warriors. NBA Finals is over. NBA season is over. The NBA draft will be coming up. Sixers looking to move some of their, you know, maybe move that 23 pick that they had. It was supposed to go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn deferred it until next year. Uh, now there's some drama going on that maybe Kyrie will not return to the Brooklyn Nets. That he could be. Uh, uh, part of a sign-in trade of some sort or, or an opt-in in trade to go to the Clippers, the Knicks, the Lakers. Uh, I don't know how all of that will play itself out, but uh, you know who knows? Maybe <laughs> that seems like something that they're going to try and uh, work out or, or figure out because it seems like Bro- Brooklyn doesn't want him, or <clears throat> he does. I, I, it sounded like he wanted to go back to Brooklyn. But maybe Brooklyn wants somebody that they can count on and trust a little bit more. And it just seems like they are in a little bit of a standstill right now. Or, or at a, you know, there, there is some a rift that we have not yet found out about that the exact cause of it. I mean, I'm sure the team is not happy with him. You know, they probably view him as part of the reason why they it cost them the 
uh, the playoffs this year, not having that same chemistry and, and him sitting out a majority of the season, them having to have the seventh seed because he was missing games at home. I'm sure all of that frustrated management. It, it was not good for the team. It didn't provide the team any chemistry. You know, it didn't help the team at all. Him sitting out nearly half the games for the whole season. You know, it, 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 it's just that, that that's a situation that a team really hasn't had to deal with in the in the past and probably won't have to deal with in the future it was just kind of a unique unique situation and he kind of took a stance and hurt his team you know for for right or wrong he it did not help his team him sitting out all those games so Kyrie and the and the Nets are now at a little bit of a standstill or an impasse as uh, Shams Shams would say so we will see what happens there. I mean, maybe KD is going to want out at a certain point because it seems like now, uh, you know, he's going to be stuck there with a with Ben Simmons and Joe Harris and Patty Mills and all, all of these old ancient ancient relics. So I don't know if that's something that Kevin Durant wants to stick around and do. I don't know if that's if that if that's the move for him. You know, like I I don't know where the Sixers would play into any of this. I would obviously would love the Sixers to get Kevin Durant. I see the, all the jokes on Twitter. You know about getting Kevin Durant. I don't know how that's not even really feasible or, or how that would work. I think we would obviously have to move James Harden or, or, or do move something along those lines to facilitate this deal, but we shall see, I guess. I, I see rumors of Tobias Harris wants to be moved and he wants more of an offensive role and yada, yada, yada. If he wants to win games or if he wants to be a part of a winning culture or, you know, if he wants to be in the mix, I wouldn't even say we're a winning culture. I feel I felt, I felt wrong saying that. We're not a winning culture. But if you want to be a part of a team that is in the hunt, because we are in the hunt every year, then you're going to have to realize your what your role is. You're getting paid like a max player to play like a role player. And I don't think you are a max player, Tobias. Uh, I mean, maybe you could go to or back to Orlando or go to a, another team. Maybe I, I, I'm trying to think of a, a bad team, maybe a Portland of some sort or something like the, that along those lines. Uh, and maybe you maybe you could be a, an impact player, put up those numbers that you used to, the, 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 20, the 20 points per games sort of thing and get your, touch, get your touches that you're looking for and not be a catch-and-shoot guy, which you obviously... You're not that guy. You you can't make. It. You're not a catch and shoot guy. You can't stand in the corner and bang threes. That's just we, we you've shown us that's not your thing. So maybe it would be uh, obviously good for the Sixers if they could. I, I talked about it. A couple of their options on here doesn't look like they're going to get Bradley Beal. Doesn't look like they're going to get a Zach Levine. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to add that other superstar. So they are going to have to hope that they're able to line up this team with some depth and and. That that obviously was always one of the that that they were always going to have to do that, but they're going to have to get some serious depth in here. And I think one way you do that is you turn Tobias Harris into multiple players, whether that be two or three. Two would help. Uh, you know, it, it's just you're going to need him to become. You're going to turn him. You need to turn him into multiple players. That's as simply as I can put it. Two role players. Maybe a backup point guard or a shooter. You know, you're gonna definitely need some shooting. We we we've shown or we we've we've realized that 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 is a a thing that we are missing. We need defense. We need rebounding. We need everything, and especially off the bench. We don't really have many options off the bench. 
we cannot continue to go to the Niangs of the world. The uh, I believe they declined the option to Shake Milton, who played the, uh, his best game in Game Six of the uh, of the Eastern Conference semifinals. We can't continue to go to Korkmaz. There's going to be there's a, there's a need and there's a want for bench depth and, and uh, options off the bench that are not horrendous and and, and are uh, of the ilk of other teams that we that we play on in these playoffs. I mean, you look at the Heat, the guys that they were able to pull off the bench, the the Oladipo's, the the, the Tyler Harrow's, the the I mean, starting a guy like Struess. Uh, even even a guy like Caleb Martin uh, was able to come in and produce higher at a higher level than pretty much any guy that we were able to bring off the bench. So we just we're gonna need we're gonna need definitely definitely some help there. One guy that could provide that help, PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker has declined his option for Miami. He was uh, up for seven point six million dollars. So you would imagine he's gonna want more than that this season. That's a guy who. Embiid has talked about wanting, who James Harden has played with in the past. That seems like the perfect kind of what I talked about. We didn't have a a, a, a a heart and soul kind of guy on our team. Not not necessarily like a leader. Like we don't have a leader, but he he could be. He could be that guy. He could be a leader. I mean, he's been to the finals with Milwaukee. He's won a championship. He's played on. You know, he's obviously, like I said, he's played with James Harden. He's played with Houston. He's played with Phoenix. You know, so it's he he's getting older now, but it would provide a little bit of that uh, veteran leadership, dog mentality that I kind of been calling for. Shout out to Nick Sirianni. That this team, obviously, this team has been way too soft for way too long, and we need someone to come in and kind of rock the boat a little bit, and someone that the the stars on this team are going to trust and, and respect. And I think PJ Tucker is definitely that guy or one of those guys, and we, you know, we can only we can only hope we can only hope that maybe maybe the Sixers are able to swing something like that. I think they would have to get rid of Corkmaz in order to make that deal happen, in order to open up the full mid-level exception, which is a ten million dollar offer. So that remains to be seen if we can pull that off. Eagles were able to sign Jaquiski Tart, uh, safety f- from the. 49ers, who I believe dropped an interception in the uh, NFC divisional round or championship. I think it was the championship. Uh, but he's definitely better than what we have going on here. And he could definitely provide a, a upgrade in the safety where we in the safety uh, position where we have Anthony Harris, Kayvon Wallace. It's just not uh, lots of names that we can count on and trust and, and I mean, Anthony Harris was good last year, but Kayvon Wallace is not a guy we're ready to put all the eggs in the basket of. And uh, you know, we're trying to we we are trying to win the Super Bowl this year. I, I don't know if anyone knows that, but we definitely are. This is not, as as along with it being a Jalen Hurts sort of project, you know, figure out year. Uh, not 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 to, that makes it sound like it's kind of like a rebuilding situation, but it's not. He, he we're gonna figure out if. Jalen Hurts is the number one guy and the and the franchise quarterback. I kind of bounced around there to figure out the word franchise quarterback, but I got there eventually. But this team is very talented, and they've made a lot of upgrades in a lot of positions where they needed to. So I expect them to compete not only for a, a divisional title with the fact that Dallas has gotten worse and the division is kind of wide open this year, 
But we, we should be able to compete with some of these teams in the NL or the NL. Look at me, National League, the NFC East or the NFC, the the the, the National Football Conference. Jesus, I'm in baseball mode. I can't. It's hard to kick back right into into football mode, you know. But we're getting there. It's June. Training camp is right around the corner, and we we shall see. I mean, we still got the NBA draft coming up. The Stanley Cup is going on right now. Uh, crazy uh, back and forth uh, series. Uh, Colorado wins both games at home. They win the second game 7-0. First game came down to overtime. And they go back to Tampa Bay. The the Colorado's up 2-0. They're feeling good. And Tampa Bay shows them why they are the reigning Stanley Cup champions, the two-time Stan- reigning Stanley Cup champions. And and they and, and they put a thrashing on them, 6-2. Goals from Stamkos. A, a great game from Vasilevsky. Uh... I struggle with a lot of these Russian names. Uh, if you listen to the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast, you'll know I struggle with a lot of the uh, fighter names. And, and the, the, there's guys from countries from all over the world that I, I struggle to hear or listen to their name or you know sound their names out and say their names accurately. Even if I've heard it before, I, I look it up and I'm like, all right, let me hear like... Let me hear an announcer say it, or let me hear you know. Let me hear the name. Let me hear the name like pronounced the proper way. And I still don't even get there, man. Uh, it's it's very hard. Got to work at it a couple times. Andre Vasilevsky. I think that's close enough. But he was great last night. Tampa Bay two one now. Uh, they're down. Colorado is up. So it is a it is one hundred percent a series. And we shall see what version of both teams we get in Game 4. I mean, the goalie got pulled for Colorado midway through that game when it was 5-1 or something along those lines where it just seemed like there was no 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 coming back for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And we shall see. It has been a very entertaining Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, usually I don't get involved. Like If the Flyers are as bad as they have been recently, I don't like to sit around and watch the Stanley Cup. But the, these two teams and... Even the Eastern Conference or the Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals were very entertaining. I was rooting for Calgary, obviously. Shout out to Johnny Gaudreau. Went to high, went to my high school, so you know I'm always rooting for any sort of local guy. And I was rooting for him. They lose to Edmonton. I like Edmonton just because Connor McDavid is fucking incredible, and I love watching him play hockey. It's it's incredible to watch him play he's truly that that good at like when i talk about all the time on here when someone's that good at something i will always respect it and i will always like to sit down and watch it it's 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 incredible they get swept by the colorado avalanche that just goes to show you how good the avalanche were or are and now tampa bay is fighting to win their third stanley cup in a row and they just continue to show why why they've won the titles that they've won and why they have that championship DNA because every time their backs are against the wall, they're down 2-0. They are nowhere near out of the series. And we shall see. It's been very entertaining. It is must-see TV for me on a, on a night-in and night-out basis. Whenever it's on, I'm like, oh, nice. Stanley Cup's on tonight. You know? like, and before, hasn't really been like that in the last couple of years for me personally. Not, I, I, I've watched it, but I just haven't been as, I guess, as excited and invested in what's been going on. So this year, this year they, they got me, man. Flyers have a new head coach. John Tortorella is the new head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. This received a lot of backlash. 
due to the fact that he is sort of an old school guy. He is a high energy uh, kind of in your face, necessary, you know, per se, uh, sort of coach. And he definitely has rubbed some guys the wrong way in the past and has run himself out of situations in the past. So I, I, it, we, it remains to be seen what what this this version of him will be like and what what kind of impact he will make on this on this team and on this roster. This is not a good team. This is not a good Flyers team. They are they just came off one of their worst seasons, you know, in recent memory. Uh, I don't want to hear that these young players aren't going to respond or they they're going to they're going to tune them out and blah 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 blah. Well, uh, then I really don't want them to be honest. I, I just, you know, these guys aren't good. These guys haven't won shit. They're not good enough to just be tuning guys out. And, uh, oh, okay, like like Konechny and the, the Provorovs. And the, this team has been soft for, for a couple years now. And it's been soft for much of the Drew regime. So I would like a little bit of fire and intensity back within the Flyers. I don't know if that's going to equal wins. Obviously, none of these other options have equaled wins, so I'd like a little change of pace, right? That's that's my mentality. That's where I'm at. They, they've been burning through coaches left and right. You know, uh, uh, Elaine Vignot was here for a couple years. He looked good, and then all of a sudden, they just wiped him out, and now, you know, Mike Yo was there as the interim. He got wiped out. Now, now John Tortorella will get his chance, and they're just going to need to upgrade the roster is a big thing. They have the sixth pick in this year's draft. Maybe that'll provide some help or, or some, you know, some some uh, some hope and <laughs> hope and youth and the uh, future of the Flyers. But they are going to need to make some some big moves, some big sweeping changes. Uh, for the overall roster, and, and we shall see. I'm not going to get too uh, too deep into the Flyers. The off season will be starting, you know, relatively soon. The Stanley Cup's still going on, obviously, but that'll do it for me today on the Hot Take Hotbox. Thank you for joining me. Uh, if you stuck around this long, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Reach out. Let me know that you think this sucks. You think it's great. I appreciate it. At any time, anyone hits me up. Any questions? I would love to read your questions on here. Anything like that. I thank you as always for joining me. My name is Matt McSweeney. This has been the Hot Take Hotbox.